This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Badges? I don't have to show you any stinking badges! This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, I think it was incredibly successful. I'm proud of our president. And I think, you know, the happiest Americans around the world today, uh, with the exception of those Navy sailors who got to fire those missiles, <laughs> are our diplomats. Uh, you know, for the last eight years, they've had a few carrots and no sticks because in negotiation after negotiation, we pulled the most powerful military in the world off the table before they even walked in the room. So from North Korea to Pakistan to Libya, our diplomats are walking into those negotiations now with a little more swagger uh, and knowing that the U.S. military hasn't been neutered that's standing behind them. Colonel Waltz on Fox News earlier this morning, and I wholeheartedly agree that this use of force gave our diplomatic operatives a heck of a lot more breathing room because now there is the credible use of force on the table in the last eight years. It hadn't been there. Congressman Michael McCall from the great uh, state of Texas, the 10th District, joining me on the phone right now. Congressman, the author of Failures of Imagination, the Deadliest Threats to Our Homeland and How to Thwart Them. Sir, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me, Chris. Okay, let's talk about uh, your reaction to these strikes last night. We took out one air base. Uh, general Jack Keane was was more in favor, and I'm kind of with the general taking them all out so that no more chemical attacks could be launched from the air. What do you think? Well, I think the president, uh, we saw a commander in chief that uh, will use military force when appropriate. And I think in this case, you know, crossing the red line, using chemical weapons against civilians in a hospital, including children, cross that red line. We saw under the Obama administration, uh, no appetite uh, to uh, have consequences to any of this. Uh, and for the last four and a half years, we've seen Syria and Iraq unravel before our eyes and create ISIS and a refugee problem. Uh, and now I think we have a president that uh, is willing to stand up to aggression. And I think, you know, to the uh, point that was made earlier, this will have a direct impact on these other countries as well. And it will, this hard power helps the soft power aspect um, as we look at countries like Libya, as we look at Iran, uh, China, uh, and Russia. I think it was um, – uh, I, I commend the president for, for taking action. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think it says a lot about the early days of the Trump administration. It also is a reflection 
on Barack Obama that there, there, there really was no level of depravity that would have ever prompted Barack Obama to act. I mean, the, 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 these and, and Donald Trump came out in the Rose Garden, King Abdullah by his side and, and said, I was I was moved. It was seeing children uh, being mm-hmm. attacked in such a callous manner. And then you, mm-hmm. you contrast that with the cold, unfeeling, uh, uh, not wanting to lift a finger aspect of the Obama administration. It is a sharp contrast, yes? Well, it is. I, I think, again, I've, I've watched uh, this part of the world, this region, uh, unravel. And I saw, I've see, saw the growth of the caliphate uh, when they moved from Raqqa into Mosul, into Iraq. And then and the president, Obama, did absolutely nothing. Uh, to stop it, and it just strengthened. And with that, the external operations into the homeland became more dangerous. Now, I think you're seeing a president that's more decisive, uh, that was not going to stand back and watch this atrocity happen without consequences. And he's also dealing with Assad. Assad has been really at the heart of the problem in Syria for the last four and a half years, causing the civil war, which has led to the formation of ISIS, uh, and this whole refugee crisis that we've been in, uh, I think we've got a, an opportunity, quite frankly, Chris, to to finally have leadership to resolve this this problem in this part of the world. Congressman Michael McCall, my guest right now, uh, Congressman of the tenth congressional district here in the great state of Texas. Also, he is chairman of the House Committee on Homeland Security. Let me play a soundbite from General Jack Keane uh, mm-hmm. talking about how the Russians did not employ their sophisticated. Uh, anti-aircraft systems, uh, even after they were tipped off about a half an hour before these cruise missiles started mm-hmm. raining down on Syria. Listen to this discussion mm-hmm. between Bill Hemmer and, and the general, and I want to get you to comment. There's a report mm-hmm. that Russia's state-of-the-art air defense system was not employed when we fired Tomahawk missiles. If that is true, what would that suggest? Well, certainly the Russians got warning. This is not the first time they received a warning from us. When we conducted airstrikes in and around Aleppo going after an al affiliate, we would give them a heads up to that. That's what was worked out so that we can deconflict our, our operations. The Russians do not want to get in a fight with the United States. That is for certain. And they had they never, in my judgment, entertained the thought of interfering with this attack whatsoever. So a, a lot of uh, liberals had cautioned that we risked war with Russia. And I had said this just yesterday. There's no way that Russia wants to tangle with the United States. There'll be a, a pain in our butt, but they don't want to tangle mm-hmm. with us. Do you agree with the general? No, I uh, completely agree. Jack King's a a smart guy, and, you know, he's right. Uh, The Russians don't want that provocation uh, with us. They did condemn it, but they're they're not going to stick their neck out for Assad right now. Uh, I think they realize Assad's a liability um, and a gross miscalculation and error on Assad's part to hit a civilian hospital and the blowback has been uh, resounding uh, with our allies uh, across the world against what he did. And so the last thing the Russians want to do is provoke a, an armed military conflict with us. If anything, I would hope the Russians would work with us to negotiate a removal of power from Assad out of Syria. That would be the first step uh, towards, I think, resolving this crisis. Congress is is dealing with Russia's influence on our elections and now the growing controversy surrounding the former administration 
and what many believe uh, is the illegal unmasking of American citizens against their civil rights mm-hmm. and civil liberties. I want to read something mm-hmm. to you, Congressman. Mm-hmm. This is a quote from a former Obama administration official, and it, re- and it pertains to Syria. Our aim in contemplating the use of force following the use of chemical weapons in August of 2013 was not to intervene in the civil war, not to become involved in the combat between Assad and the opposition, but to deal with the threat of chemical weapons by virtue of diplomacy that we did with Russia and with the Security Council. We were able to get the Syrian government to voluntarily and verifiably give up its chemical weapons stockpile. Now, you and I both know by virtue of the fact that there was a chemical attack used, that didn't happen, that that was a lie. The person telling us that lie just this last January on national public radio was none other than Susan Rice. What is your response to the revelation that Susan Rice assured America that there were no chemical weapons in Syria, but there indeed were? Well, she also told us that uh, Benghazi was the result of a video yeah, uh, you know this is uh, she's always in the middle of uh, every foreign policy disaster, and you know she got this one wrong too. And they, they were, you know, the red line was crossed, and Obama did nothing. I always say weakness invites aggression, peace through strength, and that was not done in that case. And then we were assured, and the Congress said, "Oh, but these weapons, chemical weapons, have been removed." Uh, obviously, that was not the case, and Sarin is a nerve agent that is highly uh, lethal, um, and they have been producing that for years in violation of this agreement. Um, right. So, I mean, the bottom line is that, they, you know, they, they just didn't, they don't respect us. And I think that anything, uh, President Trump is going to command respect uh, of the United States around the world, and people will know that they can't get away with this. And if they do well, it, Congressman, there will just be consequences. Just to drive this point home, do you think Susan Rice was incompetent or do you think she actively misled Congress and the United States on this on this uh, this deal with the Russians to to handle the Syrian stockpile of WMDs? Well, she's not incompetent. She's highly, highly political. And um, we, I'm, I'm sure we will be looking into this issue as well in our oversight capacity about, you know, the misrepresentations made to Congress that these weapons have been removed. And members, uh, Secretary Kerry uh, testified about this as well uh, and talked about one very small, uh, very small military action, which they never did. I, I think we were essentially, it, the whole situation was misrepresented. And it's interesting how she ends up in the middle of this masking issue uh, <laughs> as well. Yeah. Uh, and somebody leaked this information and that, that is a felony back um, home in and- Texas folks. It's Congressman uh, Michael McCall. He is the chairman of the house committee on Homeland security failures of imagination, the deadliest threats to our homeland and how to thwart them is the name of the book, sir. Always appreciate the time you carve out for the Salcedo show. Uh, thanks for having me as always. 888-933-93. That is our phone number. Back in a minute on the Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Telling the truth. It's one of those jobs American liberals won't do. That's why we need the liberty-loving Latino Chris Salcedo. The Blaze Radio Network.
Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Show. All right, folks, glad you've tuned in. You know, there's some other news out there I, I don't want to ignore, but I I know the big story today is the U.S. dropping missiles on Syria. We talked about Gorsuch. Uh, what about, and we mentioned this a little bit yesterday, the passing of Don Rickles. I, ju- I pulled this audio. It's going to be unfortunate to let it go to waste. So I, I just, when, as we're dealing with serious stuff all show long, let's just decompress. It is Friday after all. Let's just grab a listen to the greatness of, of Don Rickles. Nah, I'm not going on. Come back. <laughs> what an evening, Mike. It's so it's good to see you. I didn't know you were still on. Yo, yo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is a good jacket. You come in tomorrow night with cotton candy and you work the corner. <laughs> now, anyway... Uh, can I say something since I've seen you? Please don't. Gotten so old. <laughs> 19 years, John. That's right. Don't milk it anymore. Walk away. <laughs> Get out, Wallace. Well, you see. See, I, I, I try to do one show for a long time rather than six or seven like you for a month or two and then. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> that was. Uh, yeah, he was a regular on the Carson show. And I had. And I, I, it wasn't a long meeting. It was probably 20, 25 seconds. I met Don Rickles in San Diego. It, and you know what? I wish I would have taken better note of what exactly he said to me. Because he was, it was some event. I was at some resort out on the, out on the coast. And uh, it, Mr. Rickles was in his room. And, I, and he was coming out of his room. And I said, hey, Don Rickles, how are you? And he, and he said something. Hey, I, it was some, you know, just always up, always on. And... um Again, when he was with Carson, it, it was it was just comedy gold. No, 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 no. When you're that big, you're allowed to turn on a little guy <laughs> who lives in two rooms on Figueroa with a busted accordion. <laughs> Look right in there and let America know you're a millionaire and you don't need him. Right. <laughs> I'm a millionaire. I don't need him. <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't do that to me. But now we're both happily married. Absolutely. You went through a couple of warm-ups, but... Uh... I want to tell you something as a friend. Really. Yes. With these two lovely Japanese girls, you made a fool of yourself. <laughs> you know you never liked me. What? You never liked me. You liked Newhart better than me. You always did. You're right. You finally dragged it out of me, didn't you? <laughs> I'll do the funny Thank stuff. Thank you, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll do the funny stuff. Shut up. <laughs> that was that was just his timing. It was just once in a generation. Uh, Don Rickles at ninety uh, passed away. It's the Chris Salcedo show, folks. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three eight 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 nine zero zero 
3393. Uh, Tim Tebow stepped up to the plate. You guys know who Tim Tebow was. Tim Tebow, uh, professional football player. National Football League got Denver Broncos before Peyton Manning into a playoff game. And uh, very mobile quarterback. And was blasted by the sports press for being openly religious. Openly God-fearing. Anyway, I've always liked him, Tebow. Not only because of the, the, the caliber of man he is. Or just, well, actually, yeah, that's the reason why. There are plenty of athletes out there who are great athletes and are terrible human beings. Um, Tim Tebow happens to be an athlete and uh, a good human being. So he steps up to the plate. He's now trying his hand at baseball, the minor leagues. And uh, first up to bat, boom, blast the ball out of the ballpark was a home run. So those are some of the things uh, passing over the Chris Salcedo Show's desk here over the last couple of days. And if, if there had not been a strike on Syria and Bashar al-Assad, uh, we probably would have been talking about this in, 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 in greater length today on the Chris Salcedo Show. Uh, as I said, Gorsuch confirmed, and that seems to be... Oh, yeah, one more thing. One more thing. You guys know who Sir Michael Caine is. Mr. Kane is getting derided by leftists all over the globe for saying this. I voted for Brexit. I look at it in the final thing and I tell you what it is with me is I'd rather be a poor master than a rich servant. He voted for Brexit and left-wingers who love state control over people's lives are losing their minds. I uh, had made a suggestion on our post on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page that Perhaps Sir Michael Caine could, oh, I don't know, uh, teach a thing or two to Sir Patrick Stewart, who seems to be hell-bent on becoming an American citizen so he can spread more leftist anti-freedom garbage over here in the United States. Uh, Oh, yes, and I cannot forget this, folks. Now, the theme of the program today, and as a matter of fact, an earlier caller on the show was talking about how it's anything that, that Democrats or liberals do that goes wrong, they never, they never are held accountable. They never blame themselves. Well, you'll be happy to know it's, I think it's a universal thing. Here's Hillary Clinton. Listen to who else she's blaming for her. Now, not herself. There was nothing that she did that was wrong, folks. It's everybody else's fault. Now she's turning on the voters of the United States. Certainly misogyny played a role. I mean, that just has to be admitted. She's saying the reason why she lost was because of misogyny. That the voters of the United States didn't like the idea of a woman in, the, in, in office. And I, I, well, I, I disagree. Just not that woman. There are plenty of other women that I would have loved to have seen be president of the United States. I think, I think Carly Fiorina would have been good. If it, if it was a choice between Carly Fiorina and uh, Hillary Clinton, hands down, Carly Fiorina. Hands down. Mrs. Clinton, it wasn't the fact that we didn't want a woman. It was the fact we didn't want you. Because, again... How old are you, lady, and you still can't take responsibility for your own actions? Certainly misogyny played a role. I mean, that just has to be admitted. And why and 
what the underlying reasons were is what I'm trying to parse out myself. Yeah. Was it misogyny when left-wing zealots chose Barack Obama over you, Hillary Clinton, in the 2008 primary? Is, is that what you're saying? That if voters choose a man over you that it's misogyny, so you just got through calling not only every vote voter who voted against you and didn't show up to vote for you in this last election a misogynist. You also accused every single left-wing Democrat liberal who chose Obama over you. You also called them misogynists. Just saying. Telephone numbers, 888-933-93, More reaction as the United States uh, bombs Syria, takes out an airfield. Senator Ted Cruz weighing in. Coming up next, right here on The Blaze, on The Chris Salcedo Show, and your calls as well, 888-933-93, on Twitter, at Chris Salcedo TX, at C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X, and on the Facebook page, The Chris Salcedo Show. Talk to you in a minute. The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. is on the blaze radio network welcome back everybody before we get back into uh cruise hear his reaction to what was going on and some other sound bites from the reaction to our bombing of syria let's bring on our our contributor mary ramirez she's been with the program almost since the very beginning mary welcome back to the show Hey, Chris, thanks for having me on this Friday. So uh, I would imagine since this was a surprise, you weren't writing about <laughs> about Syria <laughs> and you weren't writing about what was going on in the Middle East this week. No, I wasn't. In fact, I had something completely different ready to go. And then this happened last night and Sweden happened this morning. And I was like, OK, then <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Well, if um, we haven't even talked about Sweden, folks. Uh, and maybe I didn't make a, a brief mention of it. Uh, an Al Qaeda esque uh, terrorist esque ISIS esque attack with a using a vehicle plowing into a whole bunch of people. I, I they have somebody in custody at this point. Uh, not sure if they, they have confirmed this is the actual person, but that's what's going on in Stockholm, Sweden. A terrorist attack earlier today. So, yeah, Mary. First off, we'll we'll get to the the, the context of your uh, or the content of your piece toward the end here when you and I are talking. But let's let's first off deal with the big story: the United States. Uh, let's 59 uh, Tomahawk missiles fly, striking Bashar al-Assad. As an American, how do you feel getting up this morning? Well, you know, I was I was talking to my dad about it this morning, actually. I was, I was uh, you know, I just called him to ask him what he thought. And he goes, you know, I've got just, just one problem with it. And I said, okay. And he said, Mr. Trump, 59, just 59. <laughs> I know. And, <laughs> and I laughed, you know. And, and really, that, that sums up my feelings about it too i mean i i 
of course, when I heard this, my feelings are somewhat mixed because, you know, I'm an American and I'm concerned about our future. I'm concerned about the bad actors in the world. I'm a military family. I've got active duty military in the family. So uh, an international conflict uh, affects me personally, Um, you know, but this is, you know, because we're not dealing with, with, with Assad, we're not just dealing with some two-bit, two-bit dictator, you know, in the middle of, of some desert. You're dealing with proxy wars with Russia and Iran and all these other players in the world that just make this so much of a more dangerous situation. So, of course, you know, I'm a little concerned, like, okay, all right, we're doing this. But I, I wholeheartedly agree with what we did because not only does this set a distinct tone um, for this administration and a, a, a red line in the sand, if you will, pardon the the illustration, but a red line between the last administration's capitulation to these two-bit dictators around the world and this administration's reactions to them. And, and I saw, you know, this is not just us. This is not just us deciding well, that. Well, gosh, you know, there's a human, there's a humanitarian uh, uh, conflict or crisis somewhere. We got to go do something about it. This is this is different than that. And there's a tweet I saw last night, and I wrote it down because I thought it really summed up very well. Um, this person, it's uh, Charlie. Car- I can't talk today. Charlie Kirk. He said, if crazy maniac killers are allowed to normalize the use of chemical warfare, millions will die. The line must be drawn. And he's right, because we're not just dealing with a dictator's bad treatment of his people, which is horrendous in and of itself, of course. But we're dealing with chemical weapons. That's 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 a whole nother game. Well, it's not not a whole it's it's it goes a little bit bigger. It's a bigger outlook. Somebody pushed back to me today on Twitter. Say, you know, when I was taking issue with Rand Paul and, you know, would you call this peace dropping bombs? No, I'm, I'm not calling it peace. What I'm <laughs> no. what I'm calling it is that humanity, hum, human beings across the globe have said, you know, chemical weapons and biological weapons, we yep. ought not be using those because you can't. Mm-hmm. Unlike a bullet, unlike a missile, un, you know, you can't direct that toward a particular target. It's it kills indiscriminately. Right. Right. No, you're absolutely right. This is this is something on a completely different level. And it's kind of like what happened last night with this pinpoint, very decisive, very calculated strike was akin to sort of and I don't mean to trivialize this, but, you know, you know, that look your mom would give you if you were doing something wrong. And it was like this piercing dead, you know, you are dead when we get home. Look, the dagger. Yes, exactly. The daggers look. You know, that was like the, the pre-punishment look, right? That was the don't you dare take one more step look. That's what happened last night. This was not war. This is not an invasion. We're not occupying Syria. This was, hey, no. Knock it off. You're not going to do this anymore. Knock exactly. it off. You know, so where were you I'm, in 1986? <laughs> not born. You were not even born. <laughs> uh, Muammar Gaddafi, who was the right. dictator that you probably know, was the, the 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 leader of. He was not the Muammar Gaddafi that you knew after Bush had invaded Iraq, right? Who was cooperating with the United States back then? He mm-hmm. was a chief sponsor of terrorism. Was responsible. Had a lot of American blood on his hands, right? So Ronald Reagan ordered some some missile strikes. Took out uh, some of his infrastructure. <laughs> took out his compound. Took out his daughter. Right. Now, did we go to mm-hmm. war with no. Libya? No, we did not. When no. when uh, Bill Clinton lobbed a couple of cruise missiles over into the Sudan and destroyed an Aspen factory, again, probably before your time in the 1990s, um, did we go to war with the Sudan? No. Now, no. now, Clinton did that to distract from his Monica Lewinsky problems. <laughs> well, it, right, in truth. <laughs> but but did we go to war? No. No. 
So th- this, uh, this antiquated notion, not even antiquated is not the word I'm looking for, this absurd notion that America cannot act on the world stage when some of these despots and right. dictators step out of line without risking war is, I'm sorry, a liberal fallacy, and we, we, need, to, we need to abandon this. No, I absolutely agree, because that weakens us. It really does tie our hands, because we, we do have the ability and the responsibility to to nip this in the bud where we can because look at the look at what happened with obama i mean right. there there were Good several Lord. there were several chemical attacks on on his on his watch you mm-hmm. had russia invading ukraine stealing the land you had the chinese militarizing the south china sea so <laughs> there there is a point in, in, in to the the, the the guy that that reached out to me and said you know what do you is this peace you know what oh, the, come on. the alternative is if you if you adopt the obama way of doing things meaning there's nothing you ever respond to then basically you might as well just say, hey, every bad actor and every despot and dictator, it's you have your way. And you know what? This was our attitude back in right. the 1940s. Right. Remember? Exactly. Oh, this Neville, is yeah. Hitler is Europe's Neville. problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. well, they never chain a peace in our ta- yeah, peace uh, in our yeah. day. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and Americans before Pearl Harbor were, oh, come on, this is Europe's problem. We don't want to get involved. It, exactly. And, and guess what? It cost us dearly to remedy that way of thinking. Exactly right. This is so much bigger than just a, a regional conflict and a civil war. I, I get that. You know, it, it, That's not what this is. This is something that has the potential to affect the globe. We're dealing with so much more than just Bashar al-Assad and his right. people. And, and, and this how, has the potential to go so much farther. And, and what do these liberals want, want to do? You, want, oh, oh, yo, you know what? Any despot and dictator, just use chemical weapons. Go ahead and use bioweapons. You know, we're not going to stand in the way because we don't want to go to war. <laughs> right. <laughs> really? Exactly. Okay. All right. right. Okay, let's talk about your let's talk about your uh, your piece this week. What did you offer? Well, I I wrote about immigration before wow. all this wow. all this happened. Yes, yeah, slightly slightly different. But I I wrote a piece on immigration because of um, something I actually shared with you too. A family member of mine who was expressing some concern about coming to visit us, and um, because she's been fed all sorts of lies by the likes of Jorge Ramos and his ilk that, you know, Donald Trump has instituted some sort of, you know, Nazi-esque, you know, <laughs> treatment of all people Mexican. Really? <laughs> so it's just, you know, and I, and I just got me thinking that we always have, we collective, we in the United States have conversations about legal and, and illegal, chiefly, immigration on the basis of these narratives that are just sort of accepted. You know, Jorge Ramos runs around and says, "Well, illegal immigrants commit less crime than citizens." And, and what the and hell does that have to do with anything? Well, right. Besides the fact that that is a moot point because those are one hundred percent. I'm sorry, one hundred percent preventable crimes, as mm-hmm. you and I have discussed. As I illustrate in my piece, there's several states who bear quite a burden of the illegal immigration population, where that is not true. That is demonstrably not true. That illegal aliens, in fact, do commit more crime than citizens, as illustrated by fi- by figures in prison, you know. So I-, I wanted to have a conversation about these narratives because we can't have a-, a-, a healthy and productive debate about what to do relative to the legal immigration problem and what to do relative to the legal immigration uh, system that we have that's badly in need of reform. We can't have that conversation until these narratives are finally ditched. So that's that's the point of the well, piece that's, this week. Well, Obviously, that's the whole point why the narratives exist, because they don't want well, the honest right. conversation to happen, right? Well, that's exactly right. Yeah, because if the honest conversation happens, these special interests, and you know the Jorge Ramoses of the world, and there are plenty of other left-wing, uh, leftist Latinos oh, out course. there who want right. illegal immigrants, in particular from Spanish-speaking countries, 
to permeate the United States on the hope that one day they can build a political coalition, a majority out of them. And that's it right there. If I can interrupt, that is it right there, Chris, because it is not about being afraid of brown people or people who don't look like us. It is about people who are importing an ideology that stands in stark contrast to what we stand for, people who do not want to assimilate. But As instead, a, yeah. want to bring the same crap that their countries are suffering Ooh, from up here. Salty. Well, <laughs> salty language. When the from shoe fits, I'm sorry. Mary, yeah, <laughs> when the crap fits. Mary Ramirez, everybody hey, here on the Chris hey, Show. Chris, hey, 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 what? I, I, I seem to remember you made a crap sandwich on television at some point a few years ago. So we don't, I'm just saying. We don't need to talk about that right now. <laughs> Mary Ramirez, everybody. She is up. Uh, make sure you go. By the way, where where is the piece up this week? Hey, Chris, it's up on my blog, futurefree.com, and I will tweet it out right after this segment. Roger that. Have a great weekend, lady. Appreciate you being here. Thanks. All right. Telephone number is 888 Ted Cruz wraps up the show on The Blaze. You were listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network. The Chris Salcedo Show. Syria is, is a humanitarian disaster. It, it, it is a total mess. And, and, and the honest answer is there's no good answer to Syria right now. And after eight years of Obama broken red lines and, and, and weakness, uh, we've seen Syria turned into a war zone that has resulted in hundreds of thousands of, of refugees, of chemical weapons. It is a bad situation. Uh, That being said, the authority to declare war under the Constitution is given to Congress. Now, the Commander-in-Chief acted last night, uh, and I look forward to President Trump making the case to the American people, making the case to to Congress about what further military action should be taken, if any. If any. And and that's the military action is permissible. When it, when it is a response, especially under the War Powers Act, as a matter of fact, a sitting president has the ability to, tr- to deploy troops, I believe the time limit is 60 days, without approval from Congress. And that is to give some nimbleness in America's ability to respond to situations just like this. Now, the War Powers Act was completely useless with President Obama in office. Again, nothing could have happened that would have prompted Uh, Mr. Obama to act. No amount of depravity, no genocide, no, uh, as we saw with the Yazidis, uh, no uh, atrocity was enough to make Mr. Obama act because he believed the only atrocity that was worth curtailing was America because he was decidedly anti-American. General Jack Keane, to all you libs out there and all you Democrats who are navel-gazing and and peeing yourselves over the fact that, uh, oh, it's war, it's war. It's not war, but this action may have given diplomacy a much-needed shot in the arm. Listen to General Jack Keane 
explained to Fox. Well, a couple of things have happened as a result of this. First of all, remember, diplomatic action uh, can be very credible and influential when the threat of the use of military force is credible. Now, under Obama, everybody knew. Dictator, despot, and friend alike. Friend and foe alike. They all knew that Barack, there was nothing Barack Obama would do. Nothing. So, Mr. Obama's, let me be clear, you cross a red line, what? A, everybody knew he was full of it. They knew he didn't believe in the, the notion that America could be a force for good in the world. So there was no credible use of force on the table. Now, President Trump just established that credibility. So we have discussions going on with President Xi. And now he has to deal with the reality when President Trump says to him, listen, you're forcing me into a corner here. If, if we don't denuclearize North Korea, I may in fact have to use a military option. Well, that is now a very credible statement. Yeah. I mean, when the, if the crazy fat kid, if you can't rein in the crazy fat kid, China, then you're going to have America in your backyard. Which gives our diplomats more leverage to accomplish what they're trying to achieve politically. This is good news. With Putin, Tillerson has leverage going into his discussions with him uh, last week that he didn't have the previous week. And that's because of this strike tonight and the credibility of the President of the United States who is not gonna stand for any thugger killer in the world using WMD becoming the new normal in the world. And that gives us leverage. Lots of leverage. You know, I, I cannot help but wonder. So many left-wingers and so many liberals in and out of the basket of biased press had sold Donald Trump short. I'll never be the, the GOP nominee. Oh, he'll never be president. Oh, you know, Brian Williams out there saying, oh, now now he's getting this first taste of what it is to be president. Well, do you think that left wingers like Vladimir Putin and Xi also underestimated Donald Trump? It's looking like they may have. Remember, everybody, a society's worth is not measured by how much power is seized by an out of control government, but rather how much power is reserved for we the people. Have yourselves a great weekend, folks. We'll see you back here Monday. Three o'clock in the afternoon Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network.